Shut up and sit down. Yes. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the show. We are starting out at a nine. We're high octane right now. We're high energy. I am ramped up to the gills because this week has just been nonstop from work to the gym to family to organizing this holiday and, and some of the things that need to be done around this holiday. Uh, it, it's been crazy and I'm literally running red line at the moment, but we haven't been able to get this show out on schedule in the last couple of weeks and it really pisses me off because this show is becoming non-negotiable like my exercise is and I have to get it out. It's good for my mind. It's good for the way my brain works. It keeps me sharp, right? And you're nothing if you're not getting reps. And to become an expert at anything and to become efficient at anything, you need to get those reps in. So I said, fuck it. I've done my work. I've been busting my ass all week. I've organized most of this holiday that we're going on next week. Family's taken care of. Pets are taken care of. Work is taken care of. The gym has been taken care of. And now I got to get to my other non-negotiable. And you guys need non-negotiables in your life because it means that you're parking time, allocating time out of your day that's going to be something for you that you love to do and that you enjoy. And this podcast is absolutely one of those things. You know, as I said, it lets me lets me rant and rave. It, it lets me get my thoughts out in a way that perhaps I'm not able to do in an office setting or something like that. But... I just, I love doing it. And I love the fact that you guys keep listening. So this is episode 105 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. And right up front, for anybody that's just a first, for anybody that's a first time listener, you can get the show on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And you can always get those links from our Twitter account, which is at Quiet Part Loud. So check us out. If this is your first time listening. I hope you come back and, and check us out again and again because some of the some of the episodes hit, some of the episodes miss. And that's just part of the learning curve. And that's just, you know, part of us growing up together in this experience. But I'd love it if you guys told a friend. I'd love it if you passed the word on. I'd love it if you gave us some ratings and some feedback in, you know, in the app store uh, and all of that because it helps us just move up the charts, helps us get discovered by people who may not be may not be aware of us yet. So thank you in advance for doing all of that. And thank you in advance uh, for, for your continued support and listening to the show. Because if you love it anywhere near as much as I love doing it, then, you know, we're on, we're on, a, nice, we're on a nice track together. And, and I appreciate every single one of you guys. So the show is growing. We continue to grow. Um, we're getting some more analytics back now, which is quite interesting. So all of that helps us kind of curate and develop and produce a better show. So that's it. That's up front. And I just want to kind of let you know where, where, where we're at with things because I have just been running so high octane over the past two weeks. And I'm not complaining because that's actually how I love to operate. I cannot stand complacency and boredom the minute I'm not running at a high at a high rate I get really deflated and I'm a person who could be defined as 
operating on two ends of the spectrum, right? And I don't mean that like an autistic spectrum. What I mean by that is I'm either running at 100 miles an hour and I'm taking over and I'm efficient and I'm, you know, I'm hyped up and I'm energetic or I've got nothing and I just want to veg out. So if I find myself in a place where complacency starts to creep in or there's not a lot going on, I start to feel a little bit bored, I got to move. I got to do something. So when I don't get a chance to put this podcast out on the days that it's supposed to come out, it really pisses me off. And that's why I say this thing is becoming non-negotiable just by way of habit. I mean, we've done 105 shows now. And would I like this thing to be a lot bigger? Absolutely. Do I know what I'm doing wrong? Some of the things, yes. Some of the things, no, which is why I need your feedback and, and you know your commentary on, on what you think of the show. But we're 105 episodes in and this is just me. Just sitting down at the mic. I've given well over 105 hours of content into the ether. And it's just something that I love to do. And when I see you guys responding to it and when I see you guys listening to it, it's just motivation to keep going. So pass the word on. Let's get this thing grown. And uh, and we'll grow it up together, guys, because um, it could be a magical thing. I mentioned on the episode last time about this podcast revolution that Variety was espousing his, is taking place now that celebrities are starting to tune into podcasting. And, and I'll say it again. This is because of us. This is because of people like you that listen to independent shows like mine and it's about content producers like myself that try just to have an independent voice that hopefully grows into something sustainable so that they can be an independent operator. That's really the goal. And it's obviously to inform you guys of things you may not be aware of and to break things down and to have a laugh and a joke. But ultimately what it boils down to is it's a passion. I love doing it. And the old saying is, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And how fun that would be if I was a full-time podcaster. I mean, it would be amazing. So I lean on you guys for some of that feedback and where I'm going wrong and what you guys want to see differently. I'm mulling around ideas about potentially putting segments in the show. I don't know how that will, you know, kind of manifest itself out, but I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of different ways of, of kind of coming up with, with new elements to the show and, and not just a stream of consciousness that I bring to you guys, which is certainly a one-way conversation. That's kind of how podcasts work, right? Um, unless I have a guest on, but... Until all of that transpires and until I'm back from my holiday, you get what you get. And you're getting me running at a high click, a high rate. And that, in my opinion, is the best version of me. When I start to drink and when, you know, when the alcohol comes in and I start getting sluggish and I feel myself, you know, not as lean and, and not as fight and fit as I should be, it fucking pisses me off. So I've made that adjustment and getting ready for this holiday, you know, you do a little extra work, try to make yourself look good, feel good before you go out into, uh, into the sunshine, spend some time on the coast. Uh, we're going to Italy. We're going to be going to Rome. We're going to go down to the Amalfi coast. We're going to go to Naples. We're going to go all over the place. So all the work that I've done over the past few months is going to be absolutely decimated by the amount of carbs I'm going to be eating on holiday. But I say that 
it tends not to happen because my stress levels are so low that I don't know, my, maybe my digestive system's working a bit better. I'm not sure, but I don't seem to gain a ton of weight when I'm on holiday, no matter what I eat. But this might be different because all I plan on doing is eating pasta, eating pizza, eating gelato, eating beautiful deep fried and fresh seafood, and drinking beautiful wine. That's it. So that is typically a recipe for weight gain and a big fat bloated stomach. But I just, I'm, I'm very optimistic that it's not going to go that way. And I don't really give a shit if it does because I'm not going on to any stage for any bodybuilding competitions. This is a lifestyle. It's not a 12-week cut. It's not a temporary thing. So I will get back to the gym once I'm back from my holiday. But I am truly going to relax. Techn uh, technology, I'm going dark on that for the week. I might post a couple pictures in the evening of the trip, but I'm not going to be checking emails. I'm not going to be on social media. I am not going to be checking anything other than maybe the weather. And that's it. I want to go dark for, for a few days because this is my first holiday in a year. And I fully intend to take advantage of it. We're going first class all the way. Private drivers, uh, you know, private transports, like private uh, tours of the... Uh, of the sites and, and all of that. We're flying business. Like, it's all good, man. We're doing it right. And I can't wait. So there's 10 minutes on what the fuck has been going on. If you haven't switched off by now, thanks a lot for sticking around. I appreciate it. Um, there's a few things that I wanted to talk about today. But the first one kind of aligns with what I was saying about things that are non-negotiable. Like, you guys know by now that I'm very into my health and my fitness. I work out five days a week if, if all, you know, if all is well. And I go very hard when I work out and perhaps sometimes too hard. Uh, my main problem is sleep. I don't get enough sleep. Um, that's just a consequence of, of my activity levels and, and how, I, how I run my day. But the gym is non-negotiable. Fitness and health and that lifestyle is non-negotiable. So I'm down at the gym five, five mornings a week. I generally go down at 4.30 a.m., and I work out until 6, and then I start my day. I get showered, I get dressed, and I head off to the office, or I come back home, and I work from my home office uh, at, at, at my house, obviously. Um, but one thing I cannot stand is when people fuck up an environment that I truly care about. It's like what I was just saying, right? When something in my schedule knocks me off of my routine of putting this podcast out on Wednesday and you know, public, recording it on Wednesday and publishing it on Thursday. When something knocks that out of tilt, I get really pissed off. I don't like it. And when somebody interrupts my ability to exercise, that really fucks me off. And the reason that I mention this is because I work out at a, at a club uh, at an Anytime Fitness, right? So you guys are all aware of those. They're all over the place. And... I'm sure you guys know if you have spent any time in the gym, there are certain characters that you can find in almost any gym in the world, right? There's the guy who's the beginner that thinks he's an expert. There's the guy who is the power lifter, you know, the slamming the weights down. And, you know, there's guys who don't put the weights back. There's guys who, you know... uh Workout in jeans. There's 
there, there's a whole range of folks and personalities and characters that that uh, that frequent the gym. But one thing that really fucks me off is when people. I just mentioned it when they don't put their weights back. Now I don't know if anybody listening has experience with this, but it's a problem, right? I mean, it's an entitlement issue. And what I mean by that is who the fuck do you think you are not to return or clean up the area that you've just worked out in? And so I'll go to the gym at 4.30 a.m. and there's already been some assholes in the gym and they've just left shit all over the place to the point where it's dangerous, right? So I make a complaint about it and I say, listen, you guys need to fucking sort this out because if you've got beginners who aren't familiar with like, you know, the gym environment or aren't comfortable in a gym environment, they could potentially get hurt. And they could get hurt just simply by putting the weights back because I got to lift up all kinds of different weights just to clear a space. And, you know, it, it can become a really precarious situation. That, for me, is a disqualification move. If you don't have the common sense to clean up your area... When you're done with it, you should have your gym membership revoked on your very first infraction. I took a picture the other day. Some asshole put a 40 kilo dumbbell on top of a 15 kilo dumbbell. And the problem with that is the type of people that are going to need to use the 15 kilogram gram dumbbell. They're not necessarily going to be the same people who can use the 40 kilo uh, kilo dumbbell. So asking somebody who's trying to use a 15 kilo dumbbell to move a 40 kg dumbbell is a recipe for injury, a recipe for disaster. And on the gym's head be it, because if you're not willing to take the necessary action to get rid of these motherfuckers, then you're going to find yourself in a really sticky situation when someone tries to pick that 40k dumbbell up and drops it on their leg and breaks it or drops it on their foot and smashes their every bone in their foot, right? Or drops the weight and dislocates their shoulder or something like that. Because it's only a matter of time. So for all the gym owners and anybody that runs a gym or anything like that, Please, please, please instill in all of your members that it is a non-negotiable rule of the gym that you have to return and clean up the area. You have to return your weights and clean up the area when you're done with it. One chance. One chance is all you get, right? You got one shot. And if you don't do it, then fucking find another place to work out. Because I'm telling you what, there's no shortage of gym memberships available uh, or people that want gym memberships out there. There just isn't. There's fucking thousands of people. You'll find, you'll replace that guy. Yeah? And for the sake of getting rid of him, you're better off without that membership fee. And at any time, fitness is 30 quid a month. So who gives a shit? You're not going to lose a ton of members by asking them to clean up after themselves, to put weights back. Because the ones that would go off of those sorts of rules, you don't want in that gym anyways. 
So those guys are the worst. In my opinion, they're the worst type of people you'll find in the gym. Just complete, inconsiderate assholes. And I'm telling you what, the gym that I am at, it happens almost daily. Almost daily. So I blew them up on my Instagram stories and they apologized, which I appreciate. And they said they send emails out to the members that they catch on camera doing it. But I just don't think it's enough. I think it needs to be much more harsh. I need. I think it needs to be, at a minimum, a three-strike rule. If you're caught three times leaving your weights out or getting up off a bench sweaty as hell and you don't wipe it up, that's an infraction. You got three strikes and you're out of here. Me, personally, one strike. Get the fuck out. You should know better. There's signs all over the gym. And if you can't read, then I don't want you in my gym either. So fucking beat it. The other kind of people that I don't like at the gym are the muscle-bound dickheads that think that they're God's gift to the gym and everybody else that's working out. So I'm down there, I'm down there like Tuesday morning or something like that. And there's this guy, he's, a, he's in a, you know, he's in a spaghetti strap tank top, you know, one of those, those, those bodybuilder that basically, they don't even cover nipples, right? They don't even cover their nipples. It's, it's basically like a couple of pieces of thread holding a tea towel up around his stomach. Right. It's like it's kind of like, what's the point? You know, you should just work out with no shirt on because you're basically not wearing one anyways. But this jacked up prick thinks everybody's looking at him and nobody's looking at him because there's only three people in the gym at that point in time. And I walk in the gym and he's yeah, yeah, like doing this. And then he finishes his set and he's dancing around the gym like, I don't know what, like some fucking poser thinking everybody wants to stare at me. Everybody wants to look at me. And he could not be further from the truth. And this guy was fucking enormous. He was jacked, jacked up. You'd say, oh, you know, let me check for needle marks. The guy was absolutely enormous on his upper body, mind you, had chicken legs, which is not surprising. But he's walking around, screaming on every rep, and he's doing it to get your attention. Because I didn't hear a fucking word from him when I left the room. Which I think is really pathetic. Walks around talking to himself, peacocking. And it's like, what are you trying to do? Like, are you trying to fuck? Are you trying to find guys to fuck in the gym? Because it's really off-putting that you would think that anybody wants to pay attention to you, watch you dance, watch you talk to yourself, or scream after every fucking rep. So how about lay off whatever fucking steroids you're on? How about lay off whatever medication you're on and just relax? Hey, I'm a big fan of working hard in the gym. I just said that. But I work as hard, if not harder, than every motherfucker in that gym when I see them working out and I don't scream like I don't even know what like he was come on <laughs> like the most pathetic shit ever <clears throat> and then walking around and dancing like who are you who the fuck are you so it was really off-putting. And again, that kind of behavior, I'm gonna, I'm, if I'm owning in the gym, I'm telling that guy, hey, chill the fuck out. Come in, do your work, get the fuck out. That's what the gym's for. 
gym's not a social environment. Maybe it is for some people. I you know, can't say that. For some people, it is. And for those people, God bless. But this guy wasn't using it as a social thing. He was doing it to show off. And that is so gross to me. Because who are you showing off for, dude? We're all guys. So unless you're trying to fuck me, stay to yourself. Keep your fucking mouth shut and stay to yourself. I hate peacocking. I absolutely cannot stand it. And this guy, you know, he looked great. On, on his upper body, he looked great. No doubt about it. But it's still unnecessary. And all it shows to me is that despite all the muscles and the physique and everything else, you know, around that persona, what I see is insecurity. You know who I like? I like the people who are the quiet murderers, the quiet assassins. The guys that just, they creep on in, they go, they work out like a motherfucker. You see them doing that business and then they leave. That's what I enjoy. People who are in quiet pursuit of excellence. Not people who are peacocking and showboating because they have this insecurity about them that they need this validation from other people around them. You know, it's just... It's just not necessary and it just comes off as pathetic and that's all I could think. I was laughing to myself. The guy probably thought I was having a good time with him. I was laughing at him because he looked like a dickhead between, between the screaming and the dancing and the talking to himself and the throwing the weights down. He looked like a fucking douchebag. So for anybody that goes to the gym, mind your P's and Q's, guys. Just go in, do your business, have a good time with it for sure. But don't throw your weights around. Don't fucking scream to yourself. Don't dance around after sets, that's for sure. And hey, either cover your nipples up or go shirtless. Because it looks weird. So that's it. I just wanted to rant on a little bit about... Some of the stuff that's been going on in my gym and some of the stuff that needs correcting. Because I know if I'm a gym owner, both of those things are squashed on day one. And I think these corporate gyms and these gym chains like Anytime Fitness and Pure Gym, they're just chasing revenue all the time. And they have to, you know, they have to let people get away with all kinds of shit. But it's off-putting because your new membership potential goes away. The moment someone who is not as confident in the gym sees a dickhead like that or comes in and say they want to go to the squat rack and they can't go to the squat rack because some assholes left 150 kilos on the bar. They're not going to want to come back to that environment. One of the things about adhesion with health and fitness is the environment in which you practice. If you have a nice, welcoming gym that's clean and tidy and not intimidating and you don't have to worry about dickhead personalities, you are going to get a lot more newcomers in there, a lot more beginners in there that are going to stay with you because it's about nurturing these journeys. That guy's that's screaming on every rep, dancing around, peacocking like an asshole, he's going to find any place he can to work out, Right? He's going to do, his whole entire personality and existence rests on the fact that he keeps his physique in tip-top shape. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
but it's the personality behind it that I've got a problem with. So fuck that guy and fuck any gym that doesn't support its membership entirely and weed out absolute distractions like that guy and like those guys that can't be bothered to do the rest of us a favor and put their shit back when they're done with it. What else? What else are we talking about? That was a bit of a rant. Uh, I hope I didn't seem angry about it. I wasn't angry. I'm not angry about it now. It's just a fucking pain in the balls because if I'm trying to go there and do my deadlifts, I've got a very, very restrictive amount of time that I'm that I allocate to the gym and I need to get a certain amount of work done in that time. And if I spend, you know, 10 minutes putting other people's stuff away, that cuts into my time. And that is not on at all because as I said before, the gym is non-negotiable. So anyways, we're fucking half an hour in guys. We're flying. We've only talked about one thing. You know what I mean? What are we doing over here? Um, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but I had to bring it up. I meant to actually bring it up uh, on the last podcast, I think, but I completely forgot about it. And that's sometimes the problem with, you know, not writing notes and just going off the dome. So, um, I did remember it and I wanted to bring it up because I'm not sure if anybody else has seen this, but there was an article, uh, that I read online and maybe I did mention this. Did I mention the guy that went on eunuch.com to see if somebody, if he could find somebody to cut his nutsack off? I'm going to tell the fucking story anyways, because I can't remember if, I, if I've said it already. So basically, there's this guy in Florida, in America, of course, goes onto a website called eunuch.com. Anybody that doesn't know what a eunuch is, it's someone who doesn't have their balls because they've been removed, right? So eunuch.com is for people that are interested in being castrated or castrating other people, you know, that kind of vibe, right? Cutting balls off and shit. So this old man, I think he was like 60 or something, he went onto eunuch.com because he wanted to find somebody who could cut his balls off so he could keep them in a glass jar next to his bed. So that's fucking disgusting, straight off. But the only reason this story hit the internet is because that guy found someone. He found a gentleman who responded to his, you know, his post looking for someone to remove his testicles. The guy that responded to it seemed highly qualified. He said he'd done this on himself and removed one of his own balls. No problem. He said he'd done it to animals in the past. So he seems like a highly qualified individual to come on round for a visit and cut someone else's nutsack off. So he does. Comes over, cuts the guy's balls off. Clearly not qualified. Clearly not a doctor. They got to call the paramedics. The paramedics get to the, to the old man's house. And he is sitting in a pool of blood, right? Horror scene. So once they get the situation under control, they ask the man, why in the world would you venture onto the internet to find somebody to come around and remove your balls? He said, well, I wanted to keep them in a glass jar next to my bed. That's where they found them. They were in a glass jar next to his bed, not where they were supposed to be, what was there, was nothing. What was there was nothing except a puddle of blood accompanied by screams and agony. So <clears throat> maybe one of the segments we're going to do is the weirdest motherfucker of the week award. 
I don't know, maybe something like that, because there are so many of these crazy stories out there. This is a 67-year-old man that actively recruited somebody to come around his house and castrate him. What is wrong with people? Can somebody tell me what is wrong with people? Because I for sure as fuck don't know. And it's really, really quite disturbing. So, um, yeah, staying with the medical procedure, by the way, I see these videos on Instagram and on YouTube of doctors performing surgeries. I'm a bit of a psycho like that. Sometimes I watch those car crash type of videos. Those just horrendous videos that you can't stand to like put your eyes to. I watch them. And one of the things that dis really discerns me is how doctors handle patients when they're uh, when they're put to like when they're under when they're anesthetized, right? When the, when they're under general anesthetic, when they knock somebody out to perform a uh, a procedure or do an operation, the way they handle the body, like when they go into the chest cavity or something, like they're just fucking gouging at it. They don't give a shit. There's no delicate delicate touch there. They're grabbing and pulling and doing all this shit. It's really crazy. It freaks me out to know that when you're out. You're just getting fucking manhandled. It's like when they pull your wisdom teeth out. They put the knee on your chest and start ripping it. You feel like you've been kicked by a fucking horse when you come out from under that operation. So I just, I was just it's just super weird how how aggressive they are with it. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just I saw this video where the guy was having like a steel rod put in his forearm. And the guy was just like flinging the fucking guy's arm around and like poking his hand into to the guy's forearm. Really, really, really disturbing shit. So, <clears throat> anyways, I don't know why I mentioned that, but uh, I guess it translated onto from the uh, guy getting his nutsack cut off. But weird and wonderful, right? Weird and wonderful world we live in. The Amazon's burning, still burning. You know, the G7 have, uh, what did they say, 20 million or, or something like that? I can't even remember, but it was peanuts. Absolute peanuts. And nobody's paying, nobody's paying attention. The, like, nobody's paying attention to the Jeffrey Epstein shit anymore. You know, it's just nothing. Like, people just have no attention span to anything. And it's really, really discerning. Like, Trump's been at the G7, right? And he was saying how he's made a trade deal with Japan and how it's so good for Japan. And like the Japanese reporter was like, well, this is actually really good for America because we're buying all the corn that you couldn't sell to China because of your stupid fucking trade war. And obviously now the global economic community is, is talking about how this recession that's been mentioned on this podcast for the last year and a half is now coming right around the corner. So that's not great. He keeps flip-flopping on China. One time, you know, in one breath saying they don't have the guts to do this, and the next breath saying how strong and powerful their leader is. Like he's such a fucking degenerate thinker. I can't, I can't get my head around it. It's, it's three years in, and then of course he meets with Boris Johnson, our fucking asshole that's running shit, and he comes out on the press conference and says, oh, he's going to be a great prime minister. He's going to be a great prime minister. I, I've waited for years. I've told him, I've been waiting. What took you so long? Now that you're here, you'll be able to get things done. This is fantastic. So what does Boris Johnson do? He tries, he's trying to prorogue parliament right now. He's trying to get, he's trying to do this so that they can't debate the merits of the deal that he's trying to, or basically the no deal that he's trying to push through. 
So you've got Trump saying that we're going to have some great trade deal with with uh, with the USA, and don't worry about you know pulling out with a no deal because everything will be sorted, and it's all a bunch of lies. This is effectively a, I don't want to go down the road of saying this is a coup attempt by Boris because it's not that significant. There is precedent for proroguing parliament. I think it's been done three times in the past, recently as 1997. So it's been some time, but it has been done. That said, it has to be actioned by the monarch. So Boris Johnson would have to go to the queen and request a prorogue of parliament. A paro I think it's called a, prorog a prorogation of parliament. Right, which is not the same as totally suspending it, but it's a, effectively a version of it. So that things can get done by the government without debate from the opposition or without debate on the actual process in place, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, we're in the same hole. We're in the same hole of not knowing what the hell is going on. We're in the same hole of knowing that we've got a deadline of two months to get this whole thing sorted. And we're not being consulted on it. We're not being given any choice on it. And I just think that this is absolutely ridiculous. So what needs to happen now is a general election. And I would say first we need to do a vote on a second referendum. But these things are never going to happen because the people don't matter. The people don't matter in this equation. This is a government, this is a government issue and they're keeping it within the government. And we're getting no say. And I'm fearful of the results of that that are going to tip us even closer towards a recession. So I wish both of these fucking windbags would just beat it. And I wish we could just get rid of them. But we can't. We have to do this in a democratic way. So the people in America, you motherfuckers better show up next year. We got a year to get ready for Trump's departure. And you motherfuckers better action it. In the UK, we need to make our voices stronger and louder. We need to be on the we need to be on the streets, man. We need to be on the radio. You need to be voicing your concerns. You need to be speaking with your MPs and your local representation to say we're not having this. You need to fight for me in Parliament, and you need to fight back against this bullshit and this hypocrisy that's going on to say that they know this is the best thing for us without even asking for us. That's they're hypocrites. They don't give a fuck what we think. They're gonna do what they think is best for them. So we need to stand up and make them accountable. We've talked about this on the show before, but it's not happening enough. So wake up. The next thing I want to talk about, and perhaps the last thing I want to talk about, is Greta Thunberg. I don't know why I said her name like that, but I was looking at, I was looking at my dog and it made me stutter. Greta Thunberg. The 16-year-old girl with Asperger's that decided to take a solar-powered yacht across the Atlantic has finally arrived to deliver her speech on climate change. And anybody out there that's listening to this or that might hear it that has the audacity to go at this little girl about the fact that she might fly home, fuck you. <clears throat> fuck you and your self-righteous bullshit. Because who the fuck are you to criticize somebody that's actually taking action on an issue? Especially somebody who is so young and so inspirational and is making a movement for millions of kids to follow. Who are you? Who are you? I saw one MP, the piece of shit, some woman. And she was like, oh, look at this eco-warrior. She's got an Evian bottle in the picture. I mean, go fuck yourself, you wrinkly old bitch. Having to go at a young girl who's trying to actually do something while you sit there 
doing absolutely nothing, making zero impact on anybody's life. This girl's trying to do something, and you pick out an Evian bottle out of her photo when she's in the middle of the ocean on day eight? The fuck have you ever done for the environment or anything else? These armchair and keyboard warriors, man, that have the audacity to have a dig at people, they're just trolls. And unfortunately, some of them are in the government. Some of them are actually elected officials. Some of them actually have power. I don't think that's the case for this idiot MP, but nevertheless, the audacity for her to even speak out against someone like Greta Thunberg is disgusting. And she can go fuck herself because pieces of shit like that don't deserve an outlet, don't deserve to be listened to, and don't be deserve to be taken seriously. And I don't think anybody did, but, you know, trolls will be trolls. So, um, yeah, she's doing great work and... She's going to be giving a speech on, on climate change, uh, I think, at some point in the next day or so. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I don't know what else to talk about, guys. I mean, what do you, I mean, we could talk about Dave Chappelle stand-up, <coughs> which came out on Netflix. That was, uh, it was a good show. It was a good stand-up show. It was ruined, I think, by the audience who were basically just dick-riding him the entire show. You know, it's one of those Steve Martin things, right? Like, Steve Martin said he quit stand-up comedy because all he had to do was say his name to get a standing ovation or laughter that lasted five minutes. And he didn't feel like the responses he was getting from the audience were authentic. And that's how I felt about the crowd at the Chappelle show. I felt they, they were just there to ride his nuts and not even let him finish some of the some of the jokes that he was telling or building towards. Of course, there are meter outlets that have come out now and said, oh, you, you can skip Dave's stand-up. It's nothing but a bunch of racist, transphobic, you know, uh, hit pieces. The jokes are hit pieces, and you'd be better off staying well away from it. And I just think, fuck you, Vice. You used to be a credible meteor outlet. Now you just pander to both sides on every single subject. So who the fuck should listen to you? Check it out for yourself. It's worth a listen. It's worth a watch. So, so I'll leave you with that for some weekend viewing. And I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you're not butthurt or offended by some sensitive jokes. And if you are, then I'd like to make another recommendation to you. Go and check out Andrew Schultz crowd work special on YouTube. Because if you're offended by the shit that Dave said, you're going to have a great time listening to Schultzy. And with that, we're done. I'm making it short and sweet, baby. That's 40 minutes just under and we're peacing out because guess what? I got to go pack for a holiday. So I'm going to get my ass in gear. I'm going to get my suitcase packed. I'm going to get ready to go on holiday, enjoy myself, and spend some time in the sun with my wife. So we're out. I'm going to bank or try to bank another one. Uh, so I've got something to distribute next week, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to. And if I don't, well, too fucking bad. I'll be back when I'm back and, uh, and we'll speak to you soon. So this is episode 105 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm your host, Daryl. It's been a quick one, it's been a fun one, and we'll see you soon. Till next time, guys, all the best.